Go ahead and grab a seat. Uh, my name is Ricky, one of the pastors that serves here. Um, man, also, uh, I mean, Nick and Alicia stepped out of the building, but um, man, good discipleship teaching Alex Settlers of Catan. I know you're like, man, how did he not know that beforehand? But um, <laughs> hey, so we're taking a break out of our our series of, of Acts. We've been going through the book of Acts, and we're going to be just taking a, a four-week pause going over work. Uh, and just what does that actually mean? Like having a vocation, having a job, whether it's in the home, um, or, you know, it's kind of like whatever you do, if it's in the home um, unpaid, if it's out of the home paid, um, if you're a student, even if you're retired, and it's just kind of like, hey, there's still things that you're actively doing, uh, kind of working towards volunteering. And so, uh, we're just going to be taking this four-week series. Uh, there's a couple of books um, that we, we used, and, and so some of this is from those books, but we wanted to let you know about that if you want to dive deeper into this. So one of the books is called Every Good Endeavor, uh, and that's by Timothy Keller. And, and then the other one, so it's Every Good Endeavor, and then the other one is called Work Matters by Tom Nelson. So would recommend those books to you. They're both really great resources. Um, so a question, you know, is just like, how do you typically think about your work? What, what is your mentality with it? I mean, this is actually a very important question because think of your life and how much of it is revolved around work. I mean, even at a very early age, you go to school to, to learn, to learn how to read, to do all these things, and hopefully you make good grades so that you could get into a good college. And why are you going to that good college? So that you could learn more things, so that you can graduate from college, go get a job, work in that job week after week, year after year for decades, so that eventually one day you don't have to work, right? And even when you're actually a student, that is work. And you're still doing some sort of job. And so, so much of your life revolves around what is it that you're doing? Your, your, your week coming up, your schedule is based a lot on whatever it is that you're going to do, your work schedule. Um, you know, over 50% of the time that you are awake is spent on, on work or a job or a vocation whether it's in the home or, or out of the home. And, and every culture approaches work different, differently. I mean, in very kind of traditional cultures, your job is kind of like your duty. You, you have a certain place that you need to fit in and you need to do this work because you need to provide for your family. And that's kind of like the mentality when it comes uh, to, to work is that the reason that you work or be successful in that is so that you could fulfill your dirty duty in your home. And so um, your work is like a, an end or a means to an end. You do it so that you could get whatever it is that you need out of it. Um, in our culture, work is the end of itself. Work isn't so my, primarily so much just providing for your family, but it's what work does for you. The work helps a way that you kind of find yourself. Self-realization, self-worth, your identity, it's your fulfillment. And, and you're always wondering like, man, what is it that I really want to, to do? I want to find what I'm really meant to do. If you're a success, then you feel very validated in, in what you do. I mean, even think when, when you meet somebody, what's one of the first questions you ask them? Hey, what is it that you do? And yeah, that's a question just to kind of get to know them more. And it's, it's something, you know, just to kind of have some conversation. But in that question, 
you're kind of not just asking, hey, I want to know what you do, but it's like, I want to know who you are, right? Because if you tell me whatever job you do, that helps me know who you are. Helps me kind of have your identity. And you even respond with, not I do this, but it's I am this. I am a doctor. I am a parent. I am a student. And I mean, you know, for, for some of you, you're thinking, yeah, that's really cool. But I don't really know if I put my identity in my job like you say. But let me just ask you a question. What if you failed? What if it, in your job... Even if it's just being a parent, what if it failed and it didn't go really the way you wanted it to? I mean, that could kind of destroy you, right? It's not just that you failed at a job, but it's that you failed. I'm a failure, you know, because of whatever it is that you're doing. Your identity a lot of times just gets tied up in your work. And so whether you're a success or a failure, you know, so this question of, hey, what is your mentality with work is a very big question. It's a very important question. Is it just a means to an end? So you could t- climb the ladder, take the next vacation, get the, get the better job, the better house, enough car. What about, what about your faith in work? How does that even... How does that even kind of jive? I mean, I've been in ministry a long time, and, and typically churches just don't really talk a lot about work. The, the times that we, we talk about work is when it's, hey, are you sharing Jesus with someone at work? And that's a great, good thing. Uh, or, hey, you know, you have a job, right? Hey, you know what you should do with that money? You should tie that money, you know, like, I mean, that's kind of like when, when we talk about, hey, pass that, I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll call you if I need something, right? I mean, that's just kind of how, how it goes. You know, and we, we, but with that, we, t- we, we tend to think that, that worship, our faith, that's this part of our life, and work, that's this separate thing that's in a different part of our life. And, and we don't really connect Sunday worship with Monday through Friday. You know, or, or we think, oh, hey, the, the only time that work and our faith really connect is if your work is doing faith-type things. You know, if you're a pastor or if you work at a church or some really legit nonprofit, you know, that, that's, those are the people that are doing the Lord's work, God's work. You know, but is that really what the Bible teaches? Does the, does the scripture actually teach this sec, secular, sacred divide? You know, and whatever mentality it is that we have, are we actually getting this, this mentality, this perspective from scripture? Because this is, this is really huge. If, if so much of your life revolves around work and what you do, your vocation, 40 plus hours a week, week after week, year after year, paid or unpaid, if so much of your life is about that, then it's so vital for you to have a great perspective on that. The correct perspective. Because if you're not, not only are you missing out on what, what work is meant to be, but you're missing out actually on this connection this relationship with God that we're created to have, that we're saved to have. And so to grasp, um, you know, th- this mentality of what God thinks, what it's meant to be, we're going to start right in the, in the beginning, the very beginning, Genesis 1. So if you've got a Bible, Genesis 1. Uh, if you're not sure where Genesis is at, it is the very first book of the Bible. So it is, you just kind of open it up and bam, you're right there. So Genesis 1, and we'll start in verse 1. 
So it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. But the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the day or the light day, and he called the darkness night. And then there was evening and there's morning the first day. And so, um, you know, right here we're seeing that God is is active, he's doing something. You know, there's kind of this chaos, there's things without form, without void, and then God speaks into it. And then, and then he goes on to continue to do this. Verse 7, he makes an expanse in the sky. Verse 9 and 10, he separates the sea from the dry ground. In, in verse 11, he, plant, he makes vegetation. Verse 14, he places the stars, the moon. And he just keeps creating, keeps working. And then look at in chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth... Whoops, were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day and from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And so God looked at his, his work, you know, we, or we start here in the beginning. What is God doing? He's working, God's an active God. He's creating, he's planting, he's, he's speaking, he's doing. And, and, and so, so he's, he's designing, he's bringing order into chaos. He's putting things in their proper place. He's organizing and all the tight people said, amen, right? Yay, put things in their proper place. That's this, this rug would go great with this room and that's not where that goes. It goes over there and, you know. Not that any kind of thing like that happens in our household that I forget where things go. <laughs> right? You're loving that. But, you know, God is a worker. And, and so, so work here, if we're, if we're looking at the Scriptures, work starts with God. It originates with God. What that means is work is not a necessary evil. It's not just something that we have to do. I think sometimes that's, that's how we think about it. Like, oh, work. Well, why do we work? You know, it's just, well, I got bills. I got to pay. I got mouths, I got to feed. So I just got to do it. Well, and it's just, you know, bummer. It's just a necessary evil. But, but work here is this good thing. It starts with God. I mean, think, God could have just said, let there be everything. Right? And then there was just everything. And it was done. Right? That's how God could have done it. But it's this thing. God has this intentionality with what he's doing. With his, his work. You know, he, he creates, he speaks, he places the stars, he gathers. Uh, verse, or chapter 2, verse 8, says that he plants a garden. And even, even when God makes, makes man, makes people, it says that he formed him out of the dirt. There's this intentionality, there's this different way, then God breathes. Then, then notice, I mean, over the creation story in chapter 1, he blesses his work. God did this, God did that, and he said it was good. That's good. That's good. He affirms the work. He affirms the creation. That's very good. And, and, and so 
in this we see that all work has dignity. There's not a hierarchy with work. You know, I think we, we often think that there's some jobs that are just higher status, better than others. Hey, it's a white-collar job. It requires a lot of skill, a lot of intelligence, more schooling. And so we think that that's a higher status job. Yeah, because it gets paid more, but also just because it is more rather than a service job. But here in creation, there's no, there's, you know, with God, there's no speak of that. Right? We don't see that. God plants. He's a gardener. God's getting the dirt forming a human. And so in that, we, we can't think of this, this hierarchy when it comes to jobs. Whether, whether somebody else has a higher status or ourselves, and we can't even think that we, we, what we do doesn't matter, that God looks down on it. Or that even we could look down on it or look down on ourselves. Right? That there's just as much dignity in being a doctor as there is a farmer. As there is being in a coffee barista or an engineer. You know, all work has dignity. And so, so here, you know, the first thing is that we see, what, what about work? It starts with God. But it, but it doesn't end with Him. Look at chapter 1, verse 26. So work originates with God, but it keeps going. Verse 26, chapter 1, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of heaven and over livestock and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them. And, he, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens. So, so God, he makes people in his image. And then he says, hey, I want you to have dominion over creation. I want you to take care of it. I want you to oversee it. I want you to steward it. And when it says that, that, that we're, we're made in the image of God, that we bear his image, means that we reflect who God is. We, we, we point to who God is in, in, in our lives. I mean, he doesn't say this about any other thing in creation. It's not pets, not, not animals, not plants, none of those things. But he says, hey, with you, I've created you. Let us make man, let us make people, male and female, in our image, <clears throat> so that they might bear who we are, that may reflect who we are. And this is what it means to be human. And, um, you know, I actually referred to this movie a few weeks back, but kind of in a different way, but it still really applies here. Uh, there's this movie, Wally. It's a cartoon. And, uh, in, you know, the movie, Wally, like the earth is kind of just totally trashed. And Wally's this robot, and he just basically packages the trash and kind of just works hard a lot making this trash. And eventually he gets off the planet, and he gets onto this ship where all the, all the humans are. And all these humans, they, they're kind of just um, weighted on hand and foot by all the technology, by all these other robots. And the humans don't have to do anything. They just sit in these padded chairs, and they just sip out of these kind of big gulp things, and, and, and they just watch a screen. And so there's just nothing that they ever have to do, ever. And in the movie, when you're watching these humans, you're not like, that looks awesome. It's actually kind of repulsive. You're like, oh man, that doesn't seem right. 
And, and it's not like the, the movie exactly tells you, but, but the reason that you feel something's wrong there is because that's not what people are meant to be. They're, people are not created to just do nothing. Right? If you go to a nursing home, ask the people, hey, do you like being here? What are they going to tell you? Man, I just wish I had something to do. They've even had some studies show that they've had uh, people in, the, in those homes and, and go out and start to do things and they actually notice that their overall health and mental health improves drastically. Right? Because we're made in the image of God. Our God is not a do-nothing God. He's not a couch potato God and He doesn't make couch potato people that bear His image, that reflect who He is. And they don't live in this couch potato world. Right? I mean, God could have just said, hey, there's everything and everything is there and hey, we don't need to do anything. Yeah, just make this tree. And you know what, Adam and Eve, just lay underneath the tree. And when you're ready, just kind of, uh, just say something and fruit will fall from the tree into your mouth. Merely you need to do is chew. And that's it. Right? And I mean, we might like that for a day, but eventually it's like, this is boring. Right? And then God says, hey, I didn't make a do-nothing world, a couch potato world. And he invites Adam and Eve Hey, this is the world that I've made, but it's not complete. It's not done. I'm going to have you name the animals. God could have named them. He probably would have named them better. Right? I mean, he would have had cooler things, but it's like, no, I'm going to give you that job. I'm going to give you that responsibility because I want you to contribute to what I've done. I want to contribute to the world that I've made. I've, I've given you a job, given you a work. No, and we, we, we know this because we're made in the image of the one, the God who works. I mean, notice in, in Genesis, uh, or yeah, chapter 2, verse 5, it says, When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant in the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain, to, to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. I mean, why did he need anybody to work the ground? Right, because that's the way that God meant it to be. That we join him in what, what he's doing. In verse uh, chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And I want you to take care of these things. You, as, as my intentional creation, as somebody that bears my image, come work with me. Come contribute with me to what I've done. I'm an active God. I want you to be active with me. And, and you could reflect me in your work as an image bearer. And you know, some of you are thinking, hey, Ricky, this is good and all. And that, that's cool, but I don't really know if I could really do that at my job. I mean, I mean, do you really know what I do? I mean, it's easy for you to say that because you're a pastor. You work at a church and you do churchy things. You know, I don't really know what you do during the week, but you do something, I'm sure. <laughs> your, your job is about God, but I don't know about mine. And you know what? I, I get that. It seems a lot easier to kind of connect the dots. But let's just think about it. Who in the history of the world, I mean, think of all time, who in the history of the world was the best image bearer? The best person that was, you know, in the image of God, who did it the best? And just said, hey, I'm going to reflect God as an image bearer. 
I'm going I'm to just do it amazing. I mean, who did it the best throughout time? Right, Jesus, thank you. The answer is Jesus, right? The answer is always Jesus. You know, what's your favorite food? Jesus. Hey, you know, it's just Jesus. It's always Jesus. Jesus did it the best, right? Of, of just reflecting God, being the exact representation of God. And, and what did Jesus do? Yes, Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price for sin. He was crucified. He rose again. Jesus taught. He did miracles, all those things. But Jesus, you know, was crucified when he was 33. How, how many years did he have of, of public ministry of teaching and performing miracles? Three. What's he doing with the rest of his life? I mean, is he wasting it? No. He's being perfectly obedient to the work that God the Father had called him to. I want you to reflect my image exactly, the exact representation of who he is. And how is he doing that? Being a carpenter. Helping Mary with the, the to-do list and the chores around the house. Being just a brother to, to, to his siblings, to James, whoever. Right? That's what Jesus is doing. And I mean, Jesus could have done, he could have preached way longer. I mean, in, in Luke, he, he's in the temple at 12 years old. 12, and they're amazed, they're astonished by his understanding. So Jesus, really at an early age, he could have just took the fast track and be like preaching all the time. But that's not what he did. Right? That's not what God had told him to do at that point. No, I want you to just go be a carpenter. I want you to go do of, of these things. So all Work is sacred. All work is sacred. Again, we tend to think like min there's ministry jobs, there's God jobs, missionaries, and those people. They do, they do the Lord's work. That's where God is working. That's where He's at doing things on Sundays. But, but I don't know, the rest of us are just kind of doing a, a regular job. You know, I heard somebody say in Acts, there's, there's, there's 40 miracles. How many of them take place within the church? One. All the rest of the 39 are out. Out in the world. Out in the workplace. Out in the marketplace. And even, even in Acts uh, 6, after the church is persecuted and they're sent out and the word is carried forth, it's just regular people doing their jobs. There isn't these super godly jobs and then these kind of like plain old work jobs. All work matters to God. If Jesus showed up today, I don't really know how much of his life, if any of it, is, is working in a church. I mean, he's probably just going to be a construction person or a guy working at Huddle. What you do, whatever it is that you do, matters to God. All work matters to God. I mean, in Acts 6, when there, there's this, the, the, the Greek widows are being neglected. The apostles say, hey, it's, it's not right for us to give up preaching the word and prayer to wait on tables. Hey, because that's what God had told them to do. I need you to, this is your job, to preach the word, to pray. In a, in a, in a different way, I think there are some people like, hey, it wouldn't be right for us to leave waiting on tables. Because that's the work that God has given us to do. Yes, we should all preach the word and share Jesus, but hey, it maybe it wouldn't be right for you to like get out of waiting on tables to actually you know, work for a church or something like that. 
Because that's the, wor- the work that God has given you to do. I mean, you, even just think, because, because all work matters to God. All work is sacred. I mean, even just think of this. The first time in the Scripture that it, the, the, the Bible tells us that somebody is filled with the Spirit, that, that it explicitly says God had filled someone with the Spirit, what do you think they're doing? I think we would think, oh, hey, they're probably like praying, they're doing some sort of churchy opportunity things. Sorry, I was referenced to Nacho Libre. Yeah, this stuff that goes in the brain there. All right, but hey, let's just find out. Hey, what, 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 what were they doing? Turn to Exodus. It's the next book, second book of the Bible, Exodus 31. This is the first time in Scripture where it says that God says, I filled you with my spirit. Exodus 31, verse 1. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name. Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. See, I've called this guy, this particular person, and what have I done? I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. I mean... That's crazy. God says, I'm feeling this guy who have called by name with my spirit to be a great manual labor guy. I have filled him with knowledge and ability to, to do this craftsmanship really well. Which, you know, in verse 7, is to do the things I've commanded him to do. And so he, here's, here's a thought for you. What if God wants to and can fill you with his spirit to do your work? What if God, what if you could be filled with the spirit of God to do your work? Whether that's paid or unpaid. Whether that's in the home, out of the home. Whether that's with kids, whether that's a student, whether that's whatever it is. What if God can fill you with his spirit for you to do a great job? What, 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 if, what if God could fill you with the Spirit to develop software? To teach students? To work the drive through at Amigos? To stay at home, to do laundry, to clean dishes, to love kids, to put on band-aids? Why wouldn't he do that? Why, 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 wouldn't, why wouldn't God want to do that? The answer is God does do that. Right? We, we see him in his word. He's doing that. God fills you with his spirit. God's spirit, if you've trusted in Christ, God's spirit comes, lives in you, dwells in you, and it's not all of a sudden that the spirit of God becomes interested in you when you walk through these doors on Sunday. Man, he's, he's interested in everything of your life, this relationship, this connection that you have with God and whatever it is that you do. God's Spirit is like, man, I, I care about the work that you do. And I'm going to fill you so that you can do a great job. I'm with you in this because you're reflecting the image of the ultimate worker, God. And this leads us to this important truth. Work is meant to be worshipped to Him. Work is, is, is worship to God. This is what Colossians 3, 17 says. It says, whatever you do, 
In word or deed. Hey, so whatever it is you do, it doesn't say whatever you do on Sunday, whatever you do over here, whatever you do that just suddenly becomes super, you know, kind of churchy stuff. It says whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. A few verses later, the same chapter, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, whatever it is that you do, do for the glory of God. So this, is, this means that, that you can serve God through your work. Not just around your work, not just once you suddenly start talking to somebody about Jesus, but through your work. We all have a calling. You know, if you're, you're at a place, God has, has called you to something. We all have a calling. We all have a ministry job. Your, your place of employment just might not know that's what they're paying you to do. Right? Bless you. <laughs> right? So, so here, from this, there's just three challenges I want to give you. Three challenges. First one is this. Know the why. Know why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. I think many times in jobs, we tend to focus on the what. What am I doing? And, and we've probably asked ourselves this question Maybe you've been asking yourself this question now. God, am I doing what it is that you want me to be doing? God, if I could just know God's will for, for what I'm supposed to do. Right? We all kind of wrestled with that one way or the other. Maybe, maybe not with, you know, maybe you even haven't wrestled that with God, but you've just wondered, man, what should I be doing? And, and we focus on, on a lot of what. But I'd say I think the why matters more. Because you could even be doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, the wrong motivations, and that's not great. So even, you know, for me, you're like, oh, but Rick, you're doing, you know, a ministry job. I mean, well, but what if my motivations were, were really off base? What if I'm like, well, yeah, I preach, but really in, in my heart, I do this so that I could get recognition. I do this just so that I could get a big church and feel better about myself and feel successful. Right? Even if I was doing a good thing, if you know those motivations, you'd be like, that's, uh, I don't, I, hey, your preaching's okay, but now I don't really want to come anymore. Right? Because your, your motivations are all, they're, they're off, man. This is not for you. This is for God. Yes, that's true of me, but that's also true of you. Know the why. Why is it that you do whatever it is that you do? Colossians just told us, hey, whatever you do, hey, not, not you know, whatever you do, don't do it so that your boss sees you and, and thinks you're doing a great job. Hey, don't, whatever it is you do, don't just do bad so that you don't get punished or lose your job. Hey, whatever you do, don't just do it so that you can get money, get a higher job, get, a, get more and more, and, and then sweet, go on sweet vacations and all these things. It's... Hey, whatever you do, it's not, it's not primarily just so that you can achieve your dreams. Whatever you do, do for the Lord. Hey, whatever you do, this is worship to God. Know why you're doing these things. And, and so today, I just encourage you, you know, it, later today or if you go out to lunch and you're talking about this, like be honest with yourself. Talk with somebody else. And ask yourself, why do I do what I do? 
hey, is that, what has been my mentality with work? Why have I been doing it? Sure, getting a paycheck is great, but your ultimate reward is not your paycheck. Your ultimate reward is in Jesus, your boss. Your ultimate boss is not your boss, it's Jesus. And I know for some of you, you're thinking, yeah, Ricky, that's great. I should know the why, but man, I hate my job. I hate the work that I do. My boss stinks. And I get that. I mean, like, I'm sorry if your job's terrible. And I, I, I can't really change the what for you, probably. <clears throat> but I could help you see why do you go do that job you don't like. Man, because I'm here tomorrow, this time tomorrow, this time Thursday, to glorify God. To do it for Him. And so, yeah, this job isn't awesome. My boss stinks. But hey, guess what? You ain't my boss. Ha! I mean, maybe don't tell him that. <laughs> right? But that's why you're doing that. You have a, a greater reward than a paycheck, a greater purpose than, than your passion. So know the why. Second challenge, do your work well. This week uh, I was having a conversation with one of my kids about cleaning his room that he had not done very well. And... You know, I was like, hey, man, you remember me telling you to clean your room? And hey, man, we want to do a really good job. And then, ha, it popped in my brain. Hey, wait a minute. I'm going to be preaching this Sunday on this thing. So I tell my son, hey, hey, but whatever you do, son, hey, even cleaning your room, do for the Lord. So you'd want to do a really good job, right? Now, some of you might be thinking, hey, are you manipulating your kid? <laughs> I can't believe you would think that. No, I'm discipling my kid. <laughs> Right, so, but, but seriously, like whatever it is, you know, do, do your work well. Your work matters to God. God matters to your work. You know, if it's mopping floors, do it well. If it's writing a paper, if it's selling something, do it well. Because again, remember, why do you do it? Man, if, I am, if everything that I'm doing, whatever it is I'm doing, is for the Lord, then I want to do a good job. Not to earn his approval or anything like that, but because, man, this is, this is worship to God. I mean, think, even Jesus, did he just suddenly, you know, he was living uh, in full submission to God, not just by teaching parables, but by making good tables. Right? So whatever you do, do it well. Last challenge, look to the Spirit to fill you. Look to the Spirit of God to fill you. What we want to see happen, I mean, just like through this series, is that more of our lives, that we actually enter into more of the sacredness of our lives. That, hey, this time tomorrow, whatever it is you're doing is a sacred thing that God cares about. Not just on Sundays, but that we'll see that, man, the Spirit of God is with me, and I want to look to the Spirit of God to help me remember the why I'm doing this. I want to look to the Spirit of God to help me to do a good job. Just like he helped those, you know, that guy in Exodus 31 to be a great craftsmanship. Man, if I, I want to help God to help me to be a great volunteer. I want to help God to help me be a, a great parent. I want to help, I want God to help me to be a great whatever it is and to do my job well. So I'm going to look to the Spirit because I can't do this on my own power. The Spirit of God is with me. Spirit, fill me with this. Your power, your supernatural power so I can worship God in this. You know, because here, here's... Here's kind of the reality. This kind of hopefully just connects it all for us because we all work. What, I mean, like, 
Maybe you get paid a lot, maybe you get paid zero. We all work, we all do something in some sort of way. And in the world that we live in, if you do your job well, you get more acceptance. If you do parenting well, you get more acceptance, you're viewed as a great parent, and people look at you great. If you do what, your job well, people will look at you in, in more so in this way that they have this approval to you because you're doing a great job. And you know that if you mess up your job, if you don't do it good, somebody will look poorly on you. But he, here's the great truth. The ultimate work has been done for you in Jesus. The ultimate acceptance has been given to you because of Jesus and it has nothing to do with you doing a good job, with you behaving the right way, with you pleasing God enough, with you being in church enough. None of that helps you get any kind of more acceptance or love from God. It has been purchased by, for you by Jesus, his ultimate work on the cross and his resurrection from the dead has said, hey, you can have full, complete acceptance in God because of Christ. It's not because you've behaved better today. It's not because you were baptized as a kid. It's not because you prayed something. It's because of Jesus that we have that full acceptance. In the world, you can get rewarded more because of what you do. But with Jesus, it's like, hey, I'm not going to just reward you more. I'm not going to give you more of self. I'm not going to forgive more of your sins because suddenly you've had a good week. Our reward has been purchased for us in Christ by God's grace, what he has done for us. And so we have this, this new life, this new relationship with God because it's something that we can't earn. It's not something that we can work for. It's not something that we can deserve. It's been something that's been given to us totally by his work, totally by his gift. And so if you don't know Jesus, if, if you don't have this relationship with him, I just want to tell you, don't think that somehow you can do something that makes yourself suddenly better with God. Don't think that if you can just kind of clean yourself up. I just say just turn to Christ, trust in Him and what He has done for you. And, and if you do know Jesus, if you maybe you've been walking with Him a long time, there are some of you that you don't even really want to turn to Christ, like and, and look to Him because you feel ashamed of what you've done. Maybe it's been something in the past, but you're like, man, I've messed up. I've really sinned, and some of you are just struggling with this thing of thinking you have to somehow prove yourself to God. God, if I just, if I just prove to you that I'm sorry enough, that I'm going to behave well enough, that I'm going to overcome this well enough, that I'm going to repent well enough, if I kind of do that, then God will just like me more. And I just say, stop believing that lie. Jesus, when he was on the cross, and, and he, he's... Just right about to die, his last words were, it is finished. It is paid in full. It, 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 he didn't say, now go try harder. Now go prove yourself to me. Now go just show me that you're worthy enough to accept my gift. He didn't say any of that. He said, it's finished. So if you're just wrestling with just, man, really believing the grace of Jesus and his, his love and acceptance for you that's, that's been bought for you in Christ, just... Man, continue to look to him that it really is his finished work for you. What has been 
done for you. And so, you know, even as we go through this series and we think through this, we worship Jesus. Our work is meant to worship him because of the work that he has done for us, because of the salvation that we have in him. Um, Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we thank you. Lord, that that our work does matter to you, God, that it's not just something that you don't care about. Lord, but that we can worship you through our work. Um, It's this good, wonderful thing, God. And so, Lord, I pray that as we, I don't know, just this, this upcoming week, Lord, that we would just think about this, Lord, that we'd realize, Lord, that, that we, there's this holiness, this, um, this sacredness that we could have every moment of our life, Lord, just because it's, it's you in us, it is for your glory, it is reflecting you. And so, Lord, just help us to, I don't know, just to remember that, to have the mentality, Lord, that you would want us to have. Um, Lord, so that whatever we do, Lord, we're doing it for the glory of God um, and just to enjoy you more in it. We ask this in your name. Amen.